Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the greatest human resource podcast in the world. You got that Most right. people that listen to this program, they appreciate business podcasts. They also appreciate entertainment podcasts. And many of them actually drink a lot of alcohol in their free time. HR Talk, your home <laughs> for all things non-traditional. I'm JC. Fired in from the northern border of the United States of America. And heading all the way down to sunny central Florida, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Bias. J to the C, brother. How hey. are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. It's good to see you out here. Look at you. You got your little scully cap on. It's like you're so freezing cold in the land of the mouse. Look at you. It I like I like how degrees. you you've now adopted the uh, the scully cap to cover the grays, but you got the beard coming back out. It looks like you're ready <laughs> to like either steal or fix my car. I don't know which. I don't know which, but I have I I believe in you. I believe in you and your abilities. That's all I have to Thank say. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I the uh, the real purpose is not to hide the grays. I've I've accepted my grayness. Um, it's uh it's a little bit colder to my liking these days, and uh. When I wake up, go outside, get the paper. I'm like, ah, it's cold. <laughs> and uh, I'm not used to that. So, yeah, I know I keep begging for it. And here it is. And I just wanted to go away. Mr. Ricky Byers, it's been a crazy world in the world of business this past week. There's so many crazy changes happening. You're into the new year. The recruiting season's going crazy. There's so many people that need to be hired. There's no work for some people. There's work for other people. There's a lot of people shut down. There's lockdowns. There's a lot of insanity, a lot of craziness going on. And you... You're getting ready for another cruise? Like what? What's going on in your world? What's- <laughs> oh, brother! I wish, I wish. You know what? Believe it or not, we uh, we spend quite a bit of time looking up on the cruise websites to see when they're going to start sailing again. Yeah, and we miss it, man. We we just it's one of those things that it's easy to do, is really fun, and that's to me. I know, I know, this whole pandemic is relative on how it affects people. But to me, let me tell you, that's the part that hits the most. And and I know that's a dumb thing to argue about or be concerned about, given some people are really, really hurting. I, but I just figured it out. Like you're you and and your family and 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 your every, you're all from like the the Caribbean, right? Yeah, we are. We keep going like back on vacation. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can, what if what if I mean work with me on this one? What if you're attracted to to the whole like going on a cruise so much because you're part pirate and you're just realizing this? Like after all, with the scully cap and what you got going on, I mean, just look in the camera and say, "Ar ar ar ar, me matey." Yes, yes, yes. You are part pirate. You get in touch with that side right there. I mean, I drink like one. I don't steal stuff, right? I mean, I I, I earn an honest living. Um, I love being on the water. I love being on the boat. I like to bathe twice a day, so I don't think that part applies. And um, I'm afraid because I, I love both of my eyes, and uh, I don't want to lose either one. So uh, I hope that's not the case there, JC. I just hope it's not. But, yeah, I guess. Strong words <laughs> from a strong man, Ricky Byers. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as the show has progressed over the years, we've uh, – adopted different things and one of those things just comes out during the program at random moments uh it, it it was a thing that we used to do at the start of the show we used to do it at the end of the show we do it in the middle of the show now we just do it when the mood hits like right now 
love to let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's kick you back. If you've survived 2020 and your only concern is that you cannot cruise, you had an amazing time in 2020 and should not be complaining at all. Asshole. Inspirational quotes, inspirational words from the mouth of Ricky Baez. You know, you gotta, you gotta, when you think back over the, uh, the span of the program here, you, you do have to think back and cherish those moments that we used to have with the face of the franchise when he would give his worldly advice. Man, that was second to none. That was a different <laughs> tier. Like, like you say really good stuff, dude. You do. But the face, it was prophetic. It really, it really is. And I'm not going to say was, it is because I'll say it on here right now, JC. Nobody knows about this. No, nobody outside of our circle, but I will be spending quite a bit of time with the face of the franchise um, and Captain Dave in a couple of weekends where we're going to be in St. Augustine, Florida. I will have my travel equipment with me because let me tell you, spending anything over an hour with the face of the franchise, you're bound to get some audio gold. So a weekend's worth, man, you just wait. Hey, man. Just, I'm so glad the FCC doesn't manage any of this. Yeah. Because it's going to, what I know what he's going to say. Thanks for bringing that up. Because now as we head into the next four years, they're probably going to manage this and mitigate everything and shut us down. It'll be an I entire cancel culture thing. Bias co-learning is going to hit the, hit the toilet, you know? <laughs> You know, there's going to be a lot of bad going on. Who knows? We, we're there. What do you mean it's going to hit the toilet? We were what do you born mean we're there? there. Oh, I don't we're know. born from the toilet. That's <laughs> nasty. Hey, uh, when you do get up with those guys, though, I'm I'm expecting to hear a full show being recorded. I'm I'm going to look forward <laughs> to that as a listener. That's all I got to tell you. Hey, well, uh, I've been talking. I've been talking to the face of the franchise offline, and he is really excited. He must have had a horrible last nine months with work and everything because he is i've never seen him as excited for a weekend like this one so uh yeah expect some really good audio audio gold you sent me an article over the course of the past week that we're kicking things off with right here uh this was published two days ago updated one day ago directly from fox 35 orlando written by the fox 35 staff Stop by fox35orlando.com for the full story, the video, and everything else like that. But a waitress is credited with saving a child. A waitress is being credited with saving the day after noticing a boy in distress at her restaurant. You could call it a mother's intuition. Donations are being accepted for an 11-year-old boy and his 4-year-old sister who were rescued from an allegedly abusive home thanks to a quick-thinking waitress in Orlando. She was working on her day off at Mrs. Potato on South Kirkman Road. It was over on New Year's Day when she noticed at one of her tables, everyone got food except for the 11-year-old boy. That's when she noticed bruises on the boy's face and arms. She said she wrote, do you need help? And stood behind his parents where they couldn't see. After several attempts, she said that he signaled yes. And the police were immediately called. Hmm. 
The boy's stepfather and mother were arrested on several charges. The boy was taken to get medical attention, and that's when horrific injuries and details were discovered. Boy. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of details here. Yeah. Um, stop by the Fox35Orlando.com website. Title of the article, uh, Trust is Being Set Up for Kids Saved from Abusive Home by Florida Server, according to police. Ricky, over to you. So I read that article last week, and it was a punch in the gut. Um, you know, and I know why you stopped. I know why you paused. There's a lot of details in that article that are like, oof, it's 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 hard for an adult to fathom, let alone an 11 and a four year old. Right. Um, and it, it's I'll tweet that out. I'll tweet that article out. But I wanted to talk about that today because it, it, it's from a human perspective, from a moral perspective, she absolutely did the right thing. And I'm glad she did. And let me tell you, hats off to all the police officers out there, seriously, and all EMT workers and all frontline staff who's able to see stuff like that every single day. And somehow when they clock out, they manage to hide their emotions. I mean, I know you can just turn them off, but at least you hide them. Because after reading that story, I was seeing red. So you know what? Hats off to uh, to all law enforcement personnel who deal with this every day and still turn out to be a decent human being. And let me tell you, kudos to that server. If I was a millionaire, JC, I would pay off her mortgage. She didn't have a mortgage. I'll get her a house because she definitely deserves that. Because now God, well, I mean, if, if, you, if you read the story, you'll see what kind of torturous environment these kids were in. So from a human perspective, spot on. But I started thinking from a manager's perspective, what did she violate any policies and i started thinking about that because i also ah, come yes. from the restaurant the, the huh? evil side of human resources the side where <laughs> hr is out to get everybody i get it well not the it. evil side right it's more of a uh, it's more of a hey let's not get sued side right because i'm pretty sure management uh so so wait a second loved. you're saying that you would fire her for doing that now I that's what you're trying to say that at all I am not saying that at all. You would have put her on unpaid leave? No. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about a story. Well, if she was put on a leave, it might be paid. Um, That's another story later on. No, but look, in the restaurant industry, at least in big names organizations, if if a table was to run out on you and and not leave a good tip or not pay the tab, if you as a server run out after that table, you're going to get dealt with. You're going to get disciplined and or fired. Because the restaurant does not want to put their associates in a predicament where they're now in danger. You don't know if they have a gun. You don't know if they have a knife. And if they go out confronting them and it escalates and they get hurt, the organization is definitely liable. Okay, but it could also be the policy of the organization that if someone does a dine and dash like that, it's going to be coming out of your paycheck. That so and you might it, just be for, making enough just to get by, right? No, thank you for bringing that up because a lot of small mom and pop restaurants do that. And that's a crappy way to go about it. It really is a crappy way to go about it. What an organization should do if these guys dine and dash and they leave the restaurant should do the right thing. Take the laws, but don't take it out of the server's paycheck. What do you expect the server to do? Wrestle them to the ground? And now what if somebody gets hurt? Now your establishment is it's it's liable for a lawsuit. So just let the $45 go, pay it back to the server. Now, 
if the server has a uh, a history on making this happen or allowing that to happen, then you know progressive discipline the server. But to put something out there to go out there after these folks, it's just not good business practice, and people could get hurt. Right? A server. So, of, wait a second. A server may have a, a a longevity of allowing people to dine and dash. Oh, absolutely. Because some servers just don't. Some, some servers may, may not just care. Oh, they left. Oh, whatever. They don't do everything they can within the policies of the organization to make sure you keep an eye on the table and to make sure that you're always there, making sure everything's okay after they eat and let them know the check is still there without pushing them out the door. Right. There's a way to do that. But to go out and incite violence, nah, be careful with that. Now, this situation in in Orlando with this server is a little bit different, right? So I'm glad the service stepped up. I, I am happy that they got those kids out of that situation. What if she was wrong? What if she made that call, right? The cops come in, interrogate yeah. the families, turned out everything's okay, and, and just humiliated the family. Now the, now the restaurant is in trouble, right? Because the family was just trying to have some breakfast. <laughs> and to be honest, the most surprising part of that story to me, besides the horrific, the, horrific, the horrific events that happened, is Orlando has a restaurant called Mrs. Potato Head or something like that. What was it again? What's the name of the restaurant? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Mrs. Potato Head. Yeah, I, I'm like, that, yeah. I'm, I'm not too far from Kirkman. I've I never seen that there. But no, it, it's. I think the management is in a really interesting position right now because now they have a hero. And now you've got to walk that that balance in talking to your other servers. Hey, be vigilant, but be careful before you decide to pull that car because you don't want to put the organization in a situation that now you're being sued for, I don't know, maybe if you were wrong, then the family feels traumatized, the kids feel traumatized. Next thing you know, you're going to file for bankruptcy if you didn't got insurance to cover you for that. So uh, kudos to the server, but the manager should really step in and yes, uh, kudos congratulate her let her have her um her her uh, hero um status but also have a conversation with the other associates to say look we're not in the business of doing that if you have an eye and you sure go for it but please be careful i thought that was an interesting story as we're talking about restaurants the saga in new york state continues a decision was made this past week Came a day after Supreme Court Justice Henry Nowak issued a preliminary injunction allowing dozens, hundreds actually, of Erie County restaurants in New York State to follow yellow zone rules after the owners claimed they were being unfairly targeted by the mm. state of New York for being shut down, locked down, and not allowed to operate. Lawyers in the governor's office interpreted the judge's ruling to apply only to the restaurants that were included in the lawsuit. But the governor's office concluded it will apply the ruling uniformly across all the state's orange zones to avoid confusion. This is also political conjecture and spin, as I believe the uh, the decree from the lawsuit stated people should be able to open back up. It's a major decision in the development for restaurants in the New York State's six current orange zones outside of New York City, which include parts of Monroe, Niagara, Chemung, Onondaga, Erie, in Westchester counties. Now, last fall, Cuomo first unveiled a micro-cluster strategy to tackle COVID-19 in which areas of the state with particularly high rates of infection were subject to tougher restrictions. Coincidentally, those high rates of infection 
specifically related to conservative areas of the state. Each state designated zone was given a color ranking, red, orange, or yellow. That came with varying degrees of restriction. Restaurants in orange and red zones prohibited completely from allowing indoor dining, while those in yellow zones were allowed to open their doors to indoor patrons, but had to restrict them to four per table, no matter what. And they have mm. to close by 10 p.m. Many restaurants <laughs> found uh, themselves in that orange zone designation. And there's currently no red zones in the state as of yet. And they've been calling the governor to change the system for months, noting that diners could simply travel outside the relatively small zones to dine indoors in another town or county just up the road. But after multiple weeks of decision and discussion, that was deemed illogical. And it was more <laughs> logical to keep things closed until it went to the courts and the courts ruled against New York State. So it's another win for a small business in New York State being allowed to open back up. Only four per table, though, Rick. And only till 10 p.m. Yeah. So, so, I, so you're I, in Florida. I, it's a little <laughs> bit different. Over to you. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I send you a picture uh, yesterday of uh, me watching the uh, Bills uh, playoff games in, uh, in a packed restaurant. Obviously, everybody was social distancing, but everything was packed. I just... Going back to the story in New York, I don't quite understand how it's the the outcome of this lawsuit is only going to affect the restaurants that are named in the lawsuit it and not go. No, it doesn't. It, Everyone's opening back up. It's just taking some restaurants a little bit longer than others to reopen. But yeah. still, some of the rules that are in place are crazy. And it's, it's wild, too, when you think about restaurants in New York City proper, where it's like, don't you dare go inside. You could die. But then they build they build a plywood shelter outdoors. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like the virus says yeah. that is plot. We can't go yeah, yeah, in yeah. there. Sit on the plastic chairs and the <laughs> ventilation is just regular air. And let's burn the propane tanks for heat. This will be much safer. It really would. huh? I don't know, man. I don't know. About you know what? That. Let me ask you this, JC. You know, I go up there quite a bit. You know, I, I haven't been up there in a while. Yeah, actually, the coronavirus has been a very terrible time. So those those restaurants we we frequently um, uh, go to, uh, you know, the over by the stadium yeah. and just right down the street from your house. It, it's those are your neighbors. What are they doing to make ends meet? Hopefully, getting grant money or um, some sort of incentive to continue to pay the bills or uh, float a, a grant or a loan for the time being. Nothing though, other than that. So they're really. Really struggling. And it's funny, too, that the uh, the big shutdown that happened here between Thanksgiving and just now directly correlated to the exact time when students were let let go from college to come home. And then they lifted the restriction the second that kids were leaving to go back to their universities across the United States. It's really funny, actually, when you think about it. <laughs> it kind of tells very, you who these laws apply to. <laughs> Very coincidental. It's not probably not connected by any stretch of the imagination. No, nothing at yeah. all. Nothing at all. Ain't yeah, nothing to uh... see over here. You go back, sit in your plywood box over there. Yeah. Yeah. I I really feel bad for those folks, man. And especially right now in Buffalo that uh, it's uh, there's a uh, wave of excitement in the past couple of weeks in your area, right? Yeah, man. We had uh, 50% capacities yesterday at a lot of local restaurants and bars in the area. People were actually back out there, only four per table, so family of five, 
Uh, if that fifth kid, go ahead and take a <laughs> hike. Split up. Stay they in the car. Two tables. Stay yeah. in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but past that, you know, people were out. They were excited. Uh, they actually had fans in the stands to watch the football game last night. Eighty thousand seat stadium or seventy two thousand seat stadium, and they had like six thousand people there. So very socially distant. You know, no one in the uh, uh, three hundred tier. Roger Goodell was there yesterday watching the football game as well. It was good to have him in town. Great seeing him again. Really is. It's been a long time. And uh, yeah, they did great. The team did great. It's all very good. Very happy times here in the heart of New York State, Western <laughs> New York. Hey, um, things are a little bit different there down in Orlando, though. And a lot of people up here have been taking vacations. They've been getting out of the state. They've been getting down to Central Florida to uh, live life. Go to Disney. Eat at a restaurant. Talk to me about that. Things are well, still you know, the way they are, right? Yes and no. Um, we At first, things got shut down. Then gradually, they started opening up again once the governor put out um, his plan for what the staged business restaurant reopening would uh, look like. And he's put it in place. We've run it. Um, we started with opening up at 25% capacity. It worked. 50% capacity. It worked. Um, I haven't seen anything out there to show that we're 100% capacity, but it kind of shows whenever we go out to eat. But you got all different kinds of of PPEs and all different kinds of uh, of a new equipment up at these restaurants to make sure that everybody, the employees and the patrons are safe. There's plexiglass all over the place. I was surprised to hear an old colleague of mine told me that she and her family went to Golden Corral. And I figure one of those places that has an open buffet like that yeah. would not be open, you right. know, given how, how these. But, yeah, apparently you got to stay at your table. Uh, the, the server, quote unquote, would bring you a plate. Then one by one, you got to go get it. And then you come back and sit down. It's weird. I don't go to Golden Corral, so I would love to see a server telling so a family. No more than two people need to go up at a time. <laughs> Table 13. Please report to the macaroni and cheese bar. Table 13. It's like 13. a wedding. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? it's, like, it's like a wedding. And if you're on a diet, just give somebody the name. Mikey, you're not allowed at the banana pudding fountain again. <laughs> Stay down. <laughs> Stay it's, at your table. Talk about a uh, logistical nightmare from the employer perspective, though, right? Having to try to figure out how to do all this to circumnavigate some of the rules and everything that's out there, you know, it's uh, well. There's two things. Two things. How to how to put those policies in to comply with what the governor put forward. Number one. Number two. How to deal with the customers. How to deal with the guests. How to deal with them who also are a bit. Uh, have a little bit of cabin fever and nobody knows what kind of stuff they're going through. And, you know, you tell them to stop doing something or don't do something they've done plenty of times before, you are going to get into heated debates and you got to train your associates on how to deal with those kind of confrontations and how to de-escalate without any violence or uh, just just any issues. Just de-escalate and send people home. It's a uh, that's what I'm seeing these days because I'm seeing a lot of stories out there where patrons are fighting um, employees because employees are merely just doing their job. And it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. So but. an amazing story this past week or so, believe it or not, it was coming to us directly from the Tiki Taki. I do not have a clip of this, but it was uh, someone giving away secrets uh, in relation to their different industries. And okay. this particular secret was for McDonald's. And allegedly, after you have your meal, 
If you had a great experience, call the customer service number on the side of the uh, on the side of the drink, and they're going to send you vouchers for free food because you said you had a good experience. Part of their policy. Not sure if serious? it's true. Not sure if it's true. <laughs> going to have to try it out. You know what? It, it, it's I got a bone to pick with TikTok. I see so many different and 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 let me tell you, JC, I was not a fan at first. You're the one who told me about it. You're like, you got to check this out. You got to check this out. And I hop on and I'm like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty fun, but though. It is hilarious. Yeah. Every night in bed. Normally I read. Right now I'm just going through dumb TikTok videos that are freaking hilarious. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to do this for 15 minutes. Two and a half hours later, yeah. after I put I post a bunch on Facebook, I send you a bunch. They're freaking hilarious. But there's some did you know videos? And I'm like, I did not know that. And then I try it. It's fake. Oh, Compl- yeah. I, f- I fell for oh, it. Yeah, totally fake. Totally <laughs> Completely fake. fake. Or like a, like the people that go and buy their new brand new baby Yoda doll. And it comes in the mail and it looks like a really terrible knockoff that took like six weeks to get there you know it's kind of funny it really is really is. No, it is it is but man tiktok has grown i've never been wrong oh, yeah. about an app before like that it's i didn't think it was gonna last long yeah, but it wrong. is now the leading the leading app for entertainment these days at, at least for me guys my age because yeah, it's hilarious but, you know everything else is being deplatformed right now you can't talk on facebook you can't put up a post about anything Everyone's oh, being taken on. down, yes, servers taken down, dude. everything. No, you can't. Oh. How many times have you gotten reported in the past couple weeks? And then now you got to like get special provisions and permissions to like go online. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's terrible. I'm keeping it to myself. Not- I'm going to stick to food and and humor online. I think that's the best uh, policy for me for the time being. Hey, uh, Jeff Gordon <laughs> is having a hard time out there talking about uh, talk about money. You know, you're saying. TikTok's making some bread out there, right, with what they got going. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? According to sportcasting.com, written by Stephen Sheehan, check out their website, NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon is missing more than $30 million from his bank account because of his ex-wife. Jeff Gordon is now 49 years old. He's made more money than he could ever need for the rest of his life, and thanks to his skills on the racetrack, the motorsports icon has amassed an impressive net worth that's allowed him to set up a pediatric cancer foundation and even open a children's hospital. But now, $30 million sitting in his bank account can't be touched. Unfortunately for Gordon, he's suffered a substantial financial loss because of his first wife. You can't talk about the sport of NASCAR without mentioning Jeff Gordon's name. He was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame and did a lot of very big things very fast because he was in a car and cars go fast in NASCAR. It says here in the article, if you're not first, you're last. And Gordon was first many times. Gordon routinely finished ahead of the pack. That means he was first and he was not last. The four-time cup champion went on to become the youngest driver to win a NASCAR title when he accomplished the feat at the age of 24. Mm. He did a lot of great things. He made a lot of big money. But Jeff Gordon does officially now recommend prenups. Okay. In March 2002, (laughs) his wife filed for divorce papers in Palm Beach County. According to the Orlando Sentinel, she claimed her marriage to Jeff Gordon was irrevocably broken as a result of the husband's marital misconduct. 
She reportedly sought alimony, two luxury cars, to the use of her soon-to-be ex-husband's private jet. She also wanted exclusive use of the $9 million oceanfront home in Highland Beach, Florida. According to ESPN's Sealy, even wanted Gordon to pay for all the housekeepers, the chef, the maintenance bills for the entire mansion while she continued to live there. Now, it goes on to state that the Orlando Sentinel reported that the papers his lawyers filed... Jeff Gordon was claiming a worth of $48.8 million. He felt he deserved to hold on to his earnings, given the risks he took on the racetrack, sacrificing his life for the entertainment of America one lap at a time. Did did the story say that? No. NASCAR is a relatively safe (laughs) occupation, according to his wife. According to his wife in court papers. They have seatbelts. Ultimately, Gordon failed to keep Seeley, his ex-wife, from doing serious damage to his bank account, although most reports do state that his divorce cost him at least $15.3 million. And then came the bigger blow. According to Arizona Central, he said the divorce settlement was actually way more than double that. Now, look, it doesn't take a, a genius in the world of mathematics to figure out how much money that Jeff Gordon is missing from his bank account because of his ex-wife. Even though he didn't provide specifics, he definitely should have at least $30 million more to his name. <laughs> Jeff Gordon is now poor as a $10 millionaire. <laughs> it's estimated that Gordon makes between twenty and $30 million per year, so he's really only sacrificing one year's worth of income. Yeah. But in other words, it's, it's the same amount of money that he's going to be missing from his bank account. It will be going to his ex-wife. The end. Uh, Okay. A lot of that was not exact quotes, by the way. I was about to ask there, brother. Um, So where do you draw the line when it comes to your employer getting involved? Meaning, at the end of the day, if the settlement is for X amount of dollars and they're going to be going after your personal assets... How much of that would be levied against your current employer and the checks that are being cut forward and cut cut out? Is that all part of the settlement and decree from there? Could it be settled out of court uh, with with something else, you know, like a, a punitive damage? Uh, at, at what point does the employer get involved? Where does NASCAR begin paying her instead of him? <laughs> so Seriously. from a regular, well, from a regular salary perspective, um, now I'm no expert in marriage law. Um, but I am an expert, I like to think, in human resources. And from an HR perspective, the only thing we handle is when a judge hands out a, a, a court order that says your retirement, 20 to 50% now belongs to your ex-spouse, then we have to um, abide by that order by the uh, courts. Um, that's the only time I can see the court system, when it comes to a marital matter, people getting divorced, that they would get involved. Yeah, but um, but, but what if the employee turns back to you and says, yeah, no, that's not real? I, I mean, even though they said matter. that and ruled that, it's says. not right. And then I mean, you're like, okay, matter. employee, it, you're our big earner. You're our rock star. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll say you made less this past year. Well, no, so now they're going to cook the books. Now NASCAR is going to put this uh, brand. Well, I'm not putting that on Jeff Jeopardy Gordon. I'm no, saying I, like you know, what if it was like um, you know the the bias go learning, you know? No, well, here's the thing: if 
If my top associate had a marital issue, the face of the franchise, then it is none of my business, right? As long as you come in, you provide a service, I pay you for that service. Entertainment for America. Yes. Anything outside of a court order, I'm not going to get involved in. Now, I get it. What if, what if the face of the franchise was responsible for 95% of my income, right? Behind the scenes, I. Which is <laughs> five cents. Um, so it's then, of course, I would have some de- some decisions to make as to wait a minute. I got to keep them here. I got to keep them happy. How am I going to help them? All right. So question Lucky for you, for you in, and me, there, the brother. Story. We're not in that situation. In the story, <laughs> so though, we- that there was a claim that he sacrificed his life at work, that it was deemed unsafe, and that's part of the reason he got paid the. Exorbitant amount of monies that he got paid over the span of time. High risk, high reward. The counter to that in the lawsuit was, it's a very safe thing. As the employer, could you be called into that part of the discussion to prove whether or not it truly is safe? You you can be called to that if a judge deems it necessary for the case to continue. Remember, that's that's not the goal of the case. Right. The goal of the case is to figure out how much money Gordon should give to his spouse. So I guess that hang up right there is arguing whether the sport is reasonably safe or not. That's not the goal of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, of the court case. Right. So could you, could you he, imagine a 19 year issue? 19 years. This this all began in 2002, according to I the can, report. Actually, there. I can go on. No, I'm not going to go on with that, but I can't imagine a legal issue that will last 19 years. It, it, it's it's uh, all I'm going to say is the real estate issue that my family is involved with. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to go any further than that. But I could so I could so uh, see a case going that far out. But you know what, JC, to me, here's the bigger question. I don't think you and I will ever have to worry about this, but aren't all bank accounts aren't all banks federally insured up to a hundred thousand dollars i i right? have no idea about fdic any federally insured no idea my question so to me that tells me that if you got five grand in the bank you're federally insured for a hundred thousand dollars the bank gets robbed something happens right then okay your money is safe but if i got 45 million dollars in a bank <laughs> Wouldn't the only thing that's insured is $100,000 of that? And wouldn't I be worried about the other $44,900 million? Look at you thinking, thinking like Scrooge McDuck. You just want a huge <laughs> water tower full of gold coins. Yeah. I, you know, that's a huge settlement, though. $30 million, that's a big one. $30 million, go on. I, I mean, but you know what? Well, now, look. At the, uh, on, on that same tip from the other side of the coin, you know, uh, she, she went through a lot. She proved her case as well. You know, so end of the day, the settlement's the settlement. He's now the $10 million man, but he's going to make 20 to $30 million again this year and the next year and the next year. You know, it's it's a totally different, bad. it's macroeconomics at that point. I don't feel bad and at speaking all. Speaking about the big dollars, there's a huge story that came out this past week that we have to touch on immediately right now that blends both of these worlds. Mm-hmm. From the Associated Press, Benjamin de Rothschild, who oversaw the banking empire started by his father in 1953, has died. He was 57 years old. The M&D Rothschild Group, the company he was chairman of, said that 
De Rothschild died of a heart attack Friday afternoon at his home in Switzerland. Since 1997, Benjamin de Rothschild headed the banking group, which was named after his father. And today, Edmund de Rothschild Group says it manages assets worth of 160 billion euros, a.k.a. 190 billion U.S. dollars. Forbes magazine estimates Rothschild's net worth at 1.5 billion. He's a descendant of the Rothschild family, which has a nearly 300-year history of running European banks. In a press release announcing his death, the Edmund de Rothschild Group said that de Rothschild was passionate about finance, sailing, cars, (laughs) and wine. Say that again. (laughs) He was also a philanthropist involved in the Adolf de Rothschild Foundation Hospital, the company said. He is survived by his wife, Ariane, and their four adult daughters. What's the name of the hospital again? Adolf de Rothschild Foundation Hospital. Are you are you serious right now? Yes. Wow. I would have thought outside a specific niche group that name was uh, a no-go. Huh. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, besides his death, how come we don't hear more about that family? I find that family insanely fascinating. And I Why? can't find anything on that family above and beyond conspiracy theories. I really cannot. And I and that is even more fascinating for me. Well, and so, the end of the day, it's a right to privacy, though, as well. They, they should be allowed to live their own lives the way that they choose, right? They should. No, they. you're right. They should. But once you start getting up to a, a specific status, right? I mean, I guess that applies for public figures and apply for right, celebrities. Right, right. But, so you're but, saying but dollar that amount- is neither. So dollar amount definitively equals social caste, and the further up the rankings you move, the less private you should be able to live? Not necessarily for the Rothschild. That's why I'm backing away from that a little bit. But if you are in public service, if you're a celebrity and you made your money in those two spectrums, then, yeah, you can expect your private life not to be as private as you would like it to be if you want to keep your status in that in that industry, right? I guess the best of both worlds is to be a billionaire that nobody knows. Right? That way you can just go walk around, look as bummy as you want and uh, pay off people's mortgages left and right and still be able to walk into a restaurant and not be recognized. So I guess that's or, the win-win. Or Yeah, exactly. You could be that inspired, secretive millionaire, not billionaire, mm-hmm. that maintains That's not his, enough these days. Yeah, well, but work with me here. You're a millionaire. Yeah. You maintain your status in society by installing, like, a, a, a public utility, like maybe water, electric, a cable. And you're this millionaire, but you maintain that standard. You have a beautiful house near the beach, but you go to work every day. You, you drive your, your pickup truck. You drink your beer. You smoke your cigarettes. You chew your tobacco. You have your southern accent and take it easy. You're the face of the cover art, but you have a very mundane job, you know, but you're a millionaire. Could you imagine that? I can, actually. Um, I know one of them. Purely hypothetical. I don't mean that <laughs> no, by actually, any stretch of the imagination. I know. I don't know if you know any. I, I know one millionaire who, by looking at that person, you would never think that person is a millionaire. You, you would never think. Exactly. Yeah. 
this person drives a 2001 Acura TL. And this person lives in a modest house. Yeah. Uh, and this person's neighbors are corrections officers, EMT workers, people who work in Amazon. You would think they would have their own island somewhere. And no. I so admire that person. It's not even funny. Not necessarily for the wealth, but how that person chooses to live. It, it literally is the best of both worlds. Literally is. You, you got to make the hard choices as you move forward. And talking about hard choices, let's head back into the... Uh, Let's head back into the workforce here. Let's head back into the job, okay? KREM.com, CBS. Spokane Valley Police searching for a man who allegedly assaulted a grocery store employee over a mask rule. This was written by Ian Smay. Stop by KREM.com, KREM.com. Spokane Valley deputies are searching for a man who they say threw a bottle that hit a grocery store employee smack dab in the head after the store refused him service for not wearing a mask. According to the sheriff's office, employees at the grocery store outlet in uh, at Sprague Avenue and Pines Road reported a disorder customer who refused to leave and assaulted an employee about 9.15 a.m. last Friday. A store employee reported that the man was asked multiple times to please wear a mask in the store, and he refused. An employee refused to sell the man $15 worth of merchandise, after which an argument and then altercation ensued. The man walked out of the store without paying, after which an employee confronted him to get the merchandise back. Ah, uh, okay. During the argument, the man allegedly threw a coffee bottle that struck the employee in the face, after which he picked up a shard of glass for the bottle and threatened the employee even further. It broke? The man got into his car. <laughs> You're killing me. The man got into his car with his last scene driving away westbound. According to the sheriff, the suspect was described as a white guy. The man could face charges of. <laughs> what? The man could face charges of second degree assault and robbery. Both felonies, according to the sheriff and anyone with information on what happened so that they could help fix the face, could call Crime Check at 509-456-2233 with a case reference number, case reference number 1000-6322. Back to you. <laughs> I mean, see, you can, from a manager's perspective, from an HR perspective, yes, enforce, enforce the policy, but I would want my associates to make a judgment call on the easiest way to enforce that policy without putting anybody in danger. Dude, he got hit in the face with a with a bottle. With and a, that a coffee been bottle. Like a, I'm, I'm sure said, it's like a frozen coffee bottle, like a Starbucks thing. And those are very <laughs> yeah. thick. That's a very they thick are. thing to break on your face. That's you know? what I'm thinking, right? I'm like, yeah, I, but that could have been avoided, that. right? You chimed in so right the, away. You're like, and it broke? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know about you, but like, have you ever filled those things up and tried to throw them against concrete? They don't shatter. They bounce. They don't. They bounce. They're like wine bottles. Yeah. Like wine bottles will just bounce forever unless you hit them the right way. You know what I mean? It's like, like yeah. a Jack Daniels bottle. You throw it up. It's like, yeah, shoot it. You know, you, you miss. Now, now there's a bullet sailing through the air to who knows where. And then on the backside, the bottle comes back down, hits the ground, bounces a couple times and then hits you again. Like these things are very thick, very thick bottles. And it's shattered. It broke. And it broke. Wow. And it broke. It, I, don't, I, okay. I don't know how. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. You're the HR guy. 
It's on camera. You got the whole thing. The media's knocking at your door. The sheriff's doing uh, an investigation, a query. Your 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 employee is bloodied. You got a whole lot going on right there. And you, now you have a frantic scene in the community. You've made the news. What do you do, Mr. HR guy? So here's the thing. If I have a standing policy with the associate that I communicate regularly and exercise and that I expect these associates to avoid any physical confrontation at any means necessary, then this associate may be facing a little bit of disciplinary action. Because to me, my goal as a business owner, especially my goal as a business HR partner, is to make sure we conduct business, we make a profit in a, in a, in a violence-free environment where nobody gets hurt. That's why I'm saying what if I was the HR manager and I knew something like this was going to happen, I would provide an insane amount of training for the leaders and for the associates to enforce the policy. But if you see that enforcing this policy may create an environment or a situation where somebody might get hurt, then go ahead and bend the rules a little bit. So well, as you, soon you as could you safely assume right now, you could safely assume right now that this type of scenario could be happening all across the U.S. at this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. No, absolutely. And you see it every day when you see these videos come up with these angry people taking videos of other people either wearing or not wearing a mask. You see it every day. I just feel bad for the associates who's got to deal with people's bullshit. Do, do you ever accidentally say mask the wrong way? Do you ever say max? <laughs> I, I do. Sometimes. I do sometimes. I caught myself. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You caught me off guard Hey, kids, that. go grab your max. <laughs> mask your mask your mask ask you a question yeah. stop oh stop it. it no just the other day i so was listen, in Publix down here listen no. though listen seattle mm-hmm. if you see a white guy heading west call the cops that's all okay got it uh <laughs> so just the other day i was at Publix. Publix down here they have a mask policy what is Publix? Right? Publix, it's a uh it's a really good supermarket chain that's uh for southeast, I think it goes as north, far north okay. of South Carolina. I think, gotcha. right? Grocery store. Um, yeah, it's 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 it make amazing subs, amazing subs. So, I'm in there the other day, right? And um, uh, this guy is there without a mask. Now, Publix, they're doing the right thing. They remind people of the mask, but they don't kick people out if they don't wear it. And look, and my 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 thing is, look, if you want to be an a hole and not wear a mask and Whoa. not worry about what other people are doing, uh huh. Well, watch your language. There's kids Absolutely at home. Absolutely not. It's okay. Kids needs to hear this. Kids needs to hear this. Uh, if there's any kids listening to the HR talk show, God help you. There are. <laughs> you there should are. be doing something else. <laughs> there are. What, what, what kid is listening to this show? The future JT? of the franchise. The future face of the franchise. We had him on the show. The He's face got of the a franchise driver's license. Kid. He's hardly a kid. He <laughs> pays taxes. So whatever, man. You're killing me. <laughs> No, dude. So, um, I'm look. I don't judge people, right? Until yes, they do. have a reason to be judged, right? Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, until they have a reason to be judged, because I'm like, all right, you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine. So I'm ordering a sub, and I ordered a buffalo chicken tender sub, right? He gets really close to me and asks me, "Dude, is that any good?" And I just stepped away from him because I'm ah, uh, six feet, brother. So I didn't say that, but I made my body language known, and he gave me this thing, guy. He was he was he was judging me because I decided to step away more than six feet from him when he leaned in two feet in my face to ask me a question when he's not wearing a mask. 
So that's why, to me, from my perspective, right, to me, he's an a-hole. He, he doesn't want to do what um, everybody else is doing to me. Sure, everybody says, that, that's fine. But don't look at me the, the wrong way because I want to protect myself. Now, the person behind the counter making the, the uh, sub saw this, right? And I, I saw her eye. She saw me, and I didn't want her to do anything or say anything. From my perspective, if I was the HR manager, just remind the person of the policies, give him the sub, he'll be on his way, no harm, no foul. Seriously, um, that's what these managers need to do. That's what these HR professionals right, need right, to do to right. make sure so, people stay out of trouble. So like the grocery store out west, when they refuse to check the guy out, they refuse to let him pay for the merchandise, should they have just let him pay? Just, just, just let them pay, right? Because think about it. They, it's had they just let him pay, remind them of the policies. He wouldn't have a broken coffee bottle over his face, and we 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 wouldn't be wondering how hard he hit him because we know how thick those things are, right? Just let him go and remind them of the policy. Was it worth it? Ask him right now. We should interview that person and say, was it worth it enforcing those policies? Now you got eight inches down down the the uh, side of your face. I get it. You're 20 years old. Chicks dig it. You're an attendant, and they ask you, "How'd you get that scar?" You're not going to say Afghanistan, right? You're going to say, "What happened?" Oh, I was telling somebody to wear a mask, and I got hit in the face with a with a Starbucks bottle. That's exactly what's going to happen, JC. I think it's kind of it's that it's that uh, tipping point where at the crux of things right here, where in society, do you actually have freedoms or don't you? And I'm not well, talking. Talk about, I'm not that. talking about wearing the mask or not wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is just kind of like summarizing what you're saying right here. If someone's not looking to follow through with that particular policy that's in place, and they're in your state, they're not really going to be held to a crazy standard where they're going to be chased out of the place, right? Isn't that what happened with this restaurant? That was in Seattle. Or- Okay, got it. Okay, so, so, so talking- if, you, if you look at Florida, where you're at right now, and, and the situation that you were talking about over at the grocery store, right? And the guy had a mask or he didn't have a mask? He did not have a mask. He did not have a mask, but they still served him. He went on his way. He did his thing. Yes. Yep. And then it, you chose to take your, 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 your actions to protect yourself in your own way. He chose to live his life in a different way. Yep. And you were both... His, his choice. You were yes. both served. You were both yep. served. So mm-hmm. then... You head up to Seattle, different ball of wax altogether. No, well, not just the state, just that one particular place, right? I don't want to paint the entire uh, uh, city or state with that same brush. It's just that one particular business, and it's just not worth it. It's It doesn't make any fiscal sense. It's just not worth it for you to go ahead and enforce it to the point that now you, you need stitches and work as pump. What's the point of that? What's the, You got hurt more in trying to prevent somebody from getting hurt. No, I, I totally agree. I, I believe in a little bit more freedom in that regard. And if you want to, if you want to take measures to protect that. yourself a little bit more that, well, it's cause we're on the backside of a lot. I can't go out to get a Slurpee. You know what? Well, I could get a Slurpee. I mean, you got to have it in your car, but you, you can't go out to eat. You can't go out to do these <laughs> things. New York, New York is vastly different than, than the experience that you've been going through down there in Florida during true. these no, times. That's true. vastly vastly different we're exhausted we're tired i mean you've had business owners shut down and find fifteen thousand dollars that had to go to court one in court courts ruled that the state overstepped their bounds allowed them to open up at 100 percent capacity with provisions 
and then move on from there and then waive waive all these penalties across the board. It's it's JC, been a very hard crackdown. It's it's crazy. It's a lot. But that's crappy because that has less to do with safety and more to do with the government not trusting its citizens and Exa- business owners. Exactly. Exactly. And and at some point you have to trust your businesses. It's yeah. I, bro, we said it time and time again on this show. The best plan of action is, and this is not just for this scenario, this is at work as well from from an HR perspective, right? The best plan of action, actually the worst plan of action is for you to create a policy, enforce that policy blanketly, uh, just because of a small percentage of people. That's not fair for the larger uh, percentage. That's not fair for them. That's what we're all living through right now. No, I know. It sucks. It's crazy. New York and California. Did you hear what just happened in California? No, talk right to now? me about California. So California still has not opened. I'm, I know you make fun of me for always bringing up this company and what's on my cup. But just recently, um, a Disneyland in California canceled annual passes over there. And people, I belong to a Disney Facebook group. Yeah, I know, big guy of me, right? Uh, really manly, whatever. I love it. Um, I belong to to a group that people are freaking out left and right. And I'm on there telling them, folks. It's Disneyland in California, not Disney World in Florida. It actually makes perfect sense why they would cancel it in Disneyland because they have yet to open since they shut down. If I was an annual pass holder in California, I'd be pissed that they didn't that they didn't cancel it and refund my money because I haven't been there since March of last year. I have a prediction right now. You ready for it? Shoot. Lone Star Disney. They shut down Disneyland. They turn it into like just the teacup ride. Or maybe a movie type experience. <laughs> it's a, it's a virtual experience out there on the West Coast, and they move their headquarters to Texas, and they set it up in a different way altogether. That'd be great. <laughs> well, Joe Rogan did it. Elon Musk is about to do it. Pretty much, he's, uh, he's... pretty much every business headquartered in California is doing it. You know, and and, and look, and I was uh, here's a funny part, dude. I was in a uh, Elon Musk. Um... That's a good cologne. Go on. <laughs> I was in a I was in a team meeting the other day. I'm not going to mention any names. Um, and you said you this said one team team meeting. Got it. Yeah, team. Me- How could you possibly have mistaken that? What What did you think I said? I have bad hearing. I'm like, why did you go to a team <laughs> meeting? What are you doing, weirdo? A T E A M as a mic. Not Understood. As an Understood. Go ahead. Got go it. ahead. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So anyway, so I'm in this team meeting and I'm talking to uh, other HR pros from across the nation. Yeah. Uh, one of the persons in the, and I love how she doesn't have a filter. One of my colleagues, uh, she's talking about how there's a lot of her employees that are really hurting in California. And I'm like, yeah, no, I really do get that. There's a lot of employees that are hurting over in California. And she's, she just blurts out in front of all of her colleagues and her boss, everybody blurts out. It's because it's run by Democrats, those freaking Democrats. And I just busted out laughing because you can see everybody in the zoo, in the team's meeting, they were faced with like, Oh my God, I can't believe she just went off like that on a team meeting with her boss and everybody else. But uh, then she apologized later. (laughs) I'm like, don't worry about it. That's how you really feel. Right. But then it brought up the question, right? I talked about that. That's how people are getting fired constantly nowadays, right? Like if you have different political beliefs, cancel cancel the the employee, fire them, put them on a list, track them down, don't let them fly. Wait. Wait, um, so that's I the way of corporate America or no? 
The what? I mean, is that the emerging way of corporate America or no? Well, no, let's talk about that. It's the let's five talk- seconds of urgency. It's the five seconds no. of confusion. De-escalate, no. calm things down. We're <laughs> all in this together. Well, you know? we are, but you got to have that balance. You got to let people with different beliefs speak their mind a little bit. Absolutely. Not too much, right? But just enough to they feel like they have an individuality in, in the team. So here's what happened. I decided to have a conversation with my team about that, right? Because um, I'm ramping up for a class coming up um, over here uh, in Orlando, and I'm I'm having some conversations pre-class with my associates, with my uh, students, and they brought up the freedom of speech issue that's happening with social media today. And it reminded me of what happened uh, on this team meeting that I was just on. So I'm like, you know what? Let me talk to my to my team about it to have a discussion of the difference between your First Amendment right and protected speech, two completely different things. One protects your speech in a specific place, that's protection of speech, and the other one protects you speaking in a specific place, two completely different things. And the, your First Amendment right, which, JC, it's I know you know it, but a lot there's a lot of people out there who don't know what that means. There's a lot of people out there who believe your First Amendment right protects your speech regardless of what you're saying. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. What your First Amendment right does, it protects you from the government being arrested, being persecuted for what you're saying. But it doesn't go everywhere. It doesn't protect you from uh, being shunned away from other people. That's not the government. For example, Twitter. If I am, so let's say in Buffalo, the first time I went to Buffalo, JC, you took me all over the city. I saw, what's it called? The Rainbow Bridge when you cross over into Canada and you took me to that big building in downtown Buffalo. And this was around the time where those Wall Street uh, protesters were having, what are they called? The one percenters or the 99%? were uh, protesting up in the in front of city hall if i was to get up there in that area stand up and say i don't believe a b and c then people who don't want to hear my rhetoric can get up and walk away right that's their right but if somebody hears me say that let's say i don't know my employer if my employer doesn't like what i'm saying Absent any kind of legal issues that they may have for firing me for any kind of protected speech, i.e. Title VII, i.e. protected concerted activity, they can do so as long as Title VII is not violated. So people are confused as far as what is free speech and what is not. So so basically, if, if you have a podcast and you talk about things like human resources and your employer doesn't like what you're saying, they should just fire you. They shouldn't fire you. If you are in an employment at will state, they can fire you as long as it doesn't violate any other law. That's just the way things is. I can tell my employer. Or or maybe it's the way things are. That is how they are. (laughs) I mean, even before what happened, that's how it is. Is it how they is or how they are? the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you, I, you're finding your niche right here. It's okay. Move forward. What do you got? <laughs> no. What I'm saying is, is that it's, it, look. Um, you're saying I a whole bunch a, of stuff. A what? You're saying a lot of things. I know. I am. I am. But 
at the end of the day, your First Amendment right does not transfer into a private business. It does not transfer into your place of employment. As a matter of fact, to be honest, from my perspective, this is just Ricky talking here there, JC. If, if you've got a law that says that you cannot kick anybody out of your business at all because of their freedom of speech, I think that right there would go against any conservative ideology because that would be government overreach. And I am 100% against that. Let me run my business the way I want to run it. You run the government, I'll run my business. I know what's best for my associates. You're listening to HR Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. We're at the one hour mark in the program. Just want to hop in. I love how you stopped that. (laughs) Just want to hop in real quick right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, dude. Whatever. Go ahead. I like how you shut me down. That's messed up, dude. You know why? That's freedom of speech, man. I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) This same story is being beat to death in the mainstream media right now. It It really is. And it's at a certain point, you're dogpiling. You're you're, you're beating the dead horse. I'm not talking you in particular. I'm talking Mm -hmm. society in general. Like, yeah, there's some issues going on. And there's some issues going on that we can't change other than being better people and dealing better with each other. But what we're seeing in the media is not going to change. We're not going to change that. And they're going to beat the crap out of that until it's a dead horse. That's why I've got some other news articles here, a little more pertinent to human resources, ready for you when Go you're ahead, ready. Go ahead, but real quick, real quick. Tell me, um, tell me. I, I want to disagree with you a little bit, brother. Go ahead, you're beat the horse. You, beat the horse. No, no, me. but we can't change it. We can't change it, right? Well, I'm not saying that you can't change it, but at the end of the day, you can't walk in and tell the people that are running the news media outlets what story to run today. No, no, you're right. No, no, you you're can't 100% do that. Right. And they're going to sit the, down and they're going to do the, do their craft and they've got the big words on the board and the statistical analysis and they're going to look at what's popping right now and they're going with what sells. And what sells no, is what right. goes to the advertiser. And from the advertiser is the amount of people that are watching right there. And if you say something bad about any one of those advertisers, they're going to pull your funding and your money and everything like that. And they're beholden okay. to the dollar. We're not beholden to the dollar on this show. We're not. No, we're not. But that's capitalism in its finest, though. Oh. That's exactly what that is. Well, yes, it is. And it's also, <laughs> uh, it's a bit more. That's, that's definitely a story for another time to deconstruct and dissect the media just a little bit more. Because at the end yes. of the day, capitalism is one thing. But buying and purchasing speech and selling it as if it's something other than what it is, is a different ball of wax altogether. That's potentially propaganda, right? So can you can can Anderson Cooper go on air and say something bad about Olive Garden? Absolutely he can. And he did. And he can be sued. And do you know what he did? Well he he apologized. He apologized. And do you know why? He apologized, yeah. Do you know why? Because he got pressure. <laughs> because Olive yeah. Garden, Darden, and all of that is, is finest, right. So the pressure comes <laughs> down in the form of monetary dollars. Now they're gonna get free advertising for a year. He goes and makes a public <laughs> apology. And it. everyone's all happy. You know? <laughs> Because yeah. the story is now curtailed by the dollar that wrote the story or changes the frame of mind on the story. Is that not what we want as Americans? We want the free you, market. Oh, oh, hang That's on. the free hang market on. in effect, So bro. you want big business to buy the news and tell you what's real? No. I want each individual business to be able to run how they see fit I agree with within you. the boundaries of the law. I agree. And they can make whatever decisions they want within the boundaries of the law. If you are acting within those laws and other people decide not to patronize your business or pull your funding, 
That is the true definition of a free market. Absolutely. And then yeah. when it, I agree with you 110%. And when it comes to the, uh, the pressure that capitalism could put on the media, well, absolutely. As so, brother, as soon as the media runs a really sad, heartbreaking story that really everybody should hear, and they say, we'll talk more about that after this, and it's a Cialis commercial, it's fucked. It is right because because all it is is you are you are you are bending the truth to get the most people on their seat so they can watch this stupid Cialis commercial of a couple taking a bath in the middle of the prairie field somewhere and then you stick around and you come back and you charge top dollar for that airtime. Yeah. At the end of the day, that is capitalism and that's what it's all about. It is. Scammers are now using employment <laughs> worries as fishing hooks. What? Please be I on the lookout that. for fake meeting invitations on Zoom. This article states... Here's how the scam works. You'll receive an email from a person pretending to work for human resources of a company that you work for. And here's a couple of examples that we got from Sofo Labs, which shows what the emails may look like. In sample one, the subject, you're invited to join the Q2 meeting. In the body of the email, hello, whatever your name is, meeting reminder with whomever team on Zoom. This is a reminder that your scheduled Zoom meeting with human resources and payroll administrative head will start in a few minutes. Your presence is crucial to this meeting and equally required to commence this Q1 performance review meeting. Join this live meeting, meeting purpose, contract suspension, termination, trial. And it pressures the employee that receives that into clicking the link. And it's nothing but garbage. When you click the link, the meeting link in the email, you're taken to a fake website that looks exactly like the main Zoom webpage where you're asked to enter your Zoom username and password. As soon as you enter wow. your username and password, the scammers instantly steal them. So ultimately, at the end of the day, how can you protect yourself? The main thing to remember is that if someone else is inviting you to a meeting, you do not need to log into Zoom first. Wow. Given that they're hosting. If you receive an email invitation that asks you to log in, you can safely assume it's a phishing email. If you do receive an email that you are not sure is real, call your company and ask them if they sent you anything before you click the link. The other template that's being sent forward states, please join Zoom meeting in progress. Purpose, contact, contract, suspension, termination. You, uh, Dude. Scams in the name of human resources abound. Ricky Bias. Brother, do you know how better this world would be if these a-holes used that talent for something constructive? I mean, seriously. You know, and 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 that gets under my skin, right? Because I'm talking scammers in general, right? The scammers who prey on the elderly, who don't know any better about technology and they give their passwords and they give their life savings. It's just, it, it just is ridiculous. But, you know, it, it's, it's as technology evolves, so does the con artist. And it's, it's such a waste of talent yeah, because they can use that for something more productive to help humanity move forward instead of scamming the crap out of them. You know, but it's unfortunately that you will always see things like that. You will always see things like that. And that that right there burns me really does. But 
you know what, brother? With um, um, it, it's yeah. I don't know what to say to that other than it's crappy. <laughs> it is. I'll give you a great example of how my company's IT department is combating that. And this happened a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, the entire company, the company that I work for, received an email from Netflix saying, hey, dear member, your Netflix account, your Netflix password has uh, has um, uh, has been out of date or there was uh, some kind of a uh, of a weird um a glitch where your password is no longer valid. It's been compromised. Please click on this link so you can reset your, your password. That I got that in my work email. I forwarded that to the uh, to the uh, senior director of uh, of IT. I'm like, hey, dude, I got this. I, hey, thank you very much. Yeah. But there's about four or five people in my organization who actually clicked on it, and we were in a uh, in a um, a company wide meeting a week later, which is last week. They talked about that was just a trick. If you click on that link, it says, hi, this is exactly what you're not supposed to do. And here's <laughs> what you are supposed to do. Yeah. Thank you for proving that point. It was freaking genius, bro. Gotta love it. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, I was dying laughing. But, you know, it sucks that these guys are out there doing those things. But unfortunately, that's never going to stop. Um you're going to play me out again. Right. I feel like I'm at the Oscars, dude. <laughs> you're looking to go. Current events this week is brought to you in part by Ricky's IT team, Fooling America. One conversation at Absolutely. a time. I'm proud of them. Whatever, dude. Dude, you got to love it. Really do. Look, yeah. uh, reason we're starting current events so early this week, we do have a lot to cover. There's a lot going on in the world, more than the current events that we even talked right now. Current events, okay. as you know, during the program here, it's kind of like a uh, quick hit round. Might not be a lot of big discussion. I'm going to bring the article to the table. Ricky's going to analyze yeah. that. And then it's will. over to all of you to think about the article and what you would do. And life. NationalLawReview.com, EEO1 filers must wait a little bit longer. The EEOC announces filing platform will not open until April of 2021. EEOC issued a press release on January 12th notifying EEO1 filers that the filing platform will not open until April of 2021. This is part of particular interest for employers because the EEOC delayed the 2019 filings, which would normally have been due in March due to the COVID-19 pandemic, meaning both the 2019 and 2020 EEO-1 filings will be due this year. Mm. The April 21 opening date for the filing platform is later than the standard pre-pandemic mid-January platform opening date to which employers are accustomed. The press release states that the EEOC will provide to all prior EEO1 filers the exact same platform opening date and the due dates for the 2019 and 2020 filings in a letter and announcement on the agency's homepage, as well as on a website dedicated for reports. The press release and paid data collection website also provides updates for the opening of filing platforms for the EEO5 reports, public elementary secondary school districts, which will open July of 2021. 2020 EEO3 reports, local referral unions, which will open on August 21, August of 21, and 2021. EEO4 reports, state and local governments will open on October of 21. 
Press release encourages EEO filers to begin preparing to submit your data immediately for EEO1 filings. Sounds like good advice from EEOC employers that not only must deal with two years of EEO1 filings, but also an increasing number of state pay reporting requirements, including the first year of California paid data report filings. This is from nationallawreview.com. Stop by the EEOC website for the press release. Nobody will. Not at all. Nobody will. That's why no. they're going to pay the lawyers the big bucks. <laughs> God, these EEO filings are dreadful, but I understand why they're necessary. Um, this should only worry people who only wait for the last minute to scramble all the information they need to. My advice from an HR perspective is to just have a meeting at the end of every month to make sure how your EEOC filings will look like if you have to submit them at the end of every month. And then once you get to the point where you have to file it, all you got to do is just merge of the Excel data and you're done. This only scares people. Holy crap, dude. You suck today. You suck today, bro. <laughs> Your next news article is coming to us from globalnews.ca. The CIA has officially declassified a massive long-awaited trove of documents related to UFO sightings over the last 70 years. Stoking excitement among those who want to believe in aliens and frustration amongst those who want to actually find the proof. Now, the truth (laughs) is perhaps out there in a zip file, though it may take some dedicated digging to find it. The documents deal primarily with UFOs, which by definition remain a mystery. The Black Vault, a UFO enthusiast site and clearinghouse for related government files, recently published approximately 2,700 pages of the declassified documents provided by the CIA. The new disclosure amounts to over 2,700 pages of scanned documents involving unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs, which the U.S. government's uh, official term, for UFOs, the CIA told the Black Vault that the disclosure includes its entire collection of UAP documents. There, those there's no official way to know if that's real. The full archive is avail- available for download through the Black Vault website. It consists of 713 PDF files with sequentially numbered titles. Specific cases are impossible to find without opening each document, and some of the documents are decades-old scans that are very, very hard to read. Nevertheless, the Black Vault has done its best to make each document searchable. The documents are heavily redacted, though, as well. The site also has a history of obtaining high-profile disclosures. In 2019, for example, a U.S. Navy spokesperson confirmed that three leaked government videos of UFOs were legitimate. The Mm. Pentagon declassified the videos and released them to the public last year, citing the need for pilots to feel comfortable reporting such phenomena. Speculation flared up again late last year after Israel's former head of space security claimed there was a galactic federation of aliens who didn't want humans in their club. He also claimed that the heads of the U.S. and Israel were in touch with the aliens and that extraterrestrials had helped set up human bases on Mars. There was no evidence to support his claim. Congress demanded that last December that the Pentagon release some of its classified UAP-related documents within 180 days as passing the coronavirus COVID-19 relief bill. They wrote it into that law. The Pentagon is due to brief Congress on the matter in the coming months. As of writing this, CIA has not commented on Black Vault release. Stop by globalnews.ca for this 
and more information written by Josh Elliott, a fantastic writer. Find him on Twitter at Josh K. Elliott. Can we go back real quick no. about the pilots feeling comfortable Education in reporting such events? Yeah, no, I know, right? Well, I guess there's a stigma associated with things. Why why blow the whistle and lose your job, right? No, exactly, exactly. That 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 statement, that those that sentence right there made me think for it's for a second because could you imagine if there is a culture that if you bring up crap like that, next thing you know, you're blacklisted. You can't fly anymore. And this is your dream. You've worked really hard to get all the education and the experience and being at the top of your class to be a great fighter pilot, ultimately thrown away because you bring up a UFO sighting. So that right there should make everybody stop and think how many more sightings are out there that are not reported because these folks really want to keep their jobs. Huh. Okay. I'm excited for that. I really am excited. I don't know if I am or not. It's already out, so run with it. News18.com, a new study by scientists of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, has found how cancer cells use an unusual process of multiplying. The study that answers a longstanding mystery on the proliferating unhealthy cells in the human body will be published in Molecular Cell Journal. The study was conducted by MIT biologist Matthew Van Heinden, senior author of the new study, and the lead author's former MIT graduate student and postdoc Alba Luengo, and graduate student Zwaki Lee. The research showed that metabolic procedure known as fermentation helps cancer cells to regenerate large quantities of a molecule called NAD+ which they need to synthesize DNA and other important molecules. Speaking to MIT News, Haydn said that according to their study, under certain circumstances, cells need to do more of the electron transfer reactions, which require NAD plus in order to make molecules such as DNA. Fermentation is one way that cells can convert the energy found in sugar to ATP. ATP is a chemical used by cells to store energy for their needs. There's a whole lot of research and a whole bunch of terms that we know nothing about. Stop by news18.com, query MIT study, reveals why cancer cells switch to lethargic process of sugar breakdown. Here's what I heard. The cells that kill life, if you rot it, it creates life and preserves life. That's what I heard. Tim Brunners, he invented the internet. He wants yeah. to reinvent the internet right now. He wants to promote innovation. In a world Why? of digital communications, Tim Berners-Lee is a god, really. 30 years ago, he invented the internet. No, he didn't. It was later stolen by Al Gore. <laughs> And renamed by George Bush. According to the New York Times, Berners-Lee believes the online world has gone astray. Too much power and too much personal data, he says, reside with the tech giants like Google and the Facebookings, which he refers to generically as silos. Having amassed enormous droves of data, they've become surveillance platforms and the gatekeepers of innovation instead of the tools for an interconnected world that he envisioned. Do you know how much money that he made off inventing the internet, Ricky? How much? Zero dollars. What? 
You know why? Why? After doing so, he re, uh, revealed his source code to the world for the betterment of humanity. Ah, that's sweet. His goal right now is to recreate the internet, so it is the web that I originally wanted. The key to his new connectivity model is what he calls pods, short for personal online data stores. With them, people will be empowered to control their own data. The records of what websites they visit, what music they listen to, what purchases they make online. They would have control over their own data in an individual data safe, typically a sliver of server space. Companies would be allowed to gain access to a person's data with permissions through a secure link for a specific task like processing a loan application or delivering a personalized ad. They could link to and use personal information information selectively, but they could not store the data. To implement his latest thinking, Berners-Lee has created Solid. Solid uses web standards to let people control their data and choose the applications and services to use within it. So this is on its way, Rick. This is actually not a dream for the future. Um, There's many startup companies like his that play a crucial role in accelerating the adoption of new technologies. For instance, the World Wide Web really began to accelerate after Netscape introduced web browsing, if you remember that. Yeah. Software, Red Hat brought Linux, the open source operating system, into corporate data centers. So there's no reason why pods will not move forward and be the wave of the future in the management of our data. I don't know why I'm thinking there's a lawsuit, a a, a copyright infringement lawsuit coming from pods, portable on-demand storage. I see that coming out pretty soon. And then uh, the, the system called Solid. Just Google Solid Pods Internet. You're going to find a whole bunch of articles. Real great thing to stay up on. Very fantastic stuff right here. Bigly, bigly stuff. Elon Musk. Wearing his Max, SpaceX Starlink achieves 190 megabyte per second download speed in a speed test recently this past week, according to a writer here, Ramesh Zafar from WCCFTech.com. Starlink is going to double the average download speed over last year's result and uh, keep pushing forward. Starlink is set to go live. Should cost about $100 for a subscription. Provides you 100 megabyte per second downloads, if not more, and be available all across the world. Free. As of right now, according to Fast.com, the internet speed of Starlink is 190 megabytes per second. Wow. While Starlink <laughs> shines in download speeds, latency results do have a ugly question mark. Uh, the person who did conduct the speed test went on to elaborate that while the result is staggering indeed... It appears to be a one-off occurrence. On average, it seems to be the average speed is 110 megabytes per second. Anyone that might be VPNing into work may be used to 15. Yeah. Back to you. For free? That's going to be provided for free? $100 a month. Subscription. Wow, that's still pretty damn good. Right? Think about it. Yeah, Think that's, about it. That, that's, so yeah. you could have a gigabyte connection heading into your home right now that you're paying $90 a month for using uh, a copper fiber line. Yeah. As well as some of the other services on top of it. And now you just have satellite connections. You have your solid connection. You have pods. You have a new wave of the future where you are not bound to the cable or cord 
and you are directly connected to space. So 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 here here is what I take off my little scully pack pack cap and I put on my tinfoil hat. Are you ready for this? Tell me. How does this have nothing to do with a 180-day thing that's out there right now of the government releasing UFO files? Why would we need that much speed? I mean, there's only I, I mean, know. am I gonna watch Netflix, Hulu, HBO, FX, and all these other um, um, apps at the same time, yeah, and then, all and then while playing gaming. Last week we touched on teleportation, right? So blend it all together. <laughs> so yeah, you're, say, dude, you're, you're saying you're you're saying that we're going to teleport. Something's coming. <laughs> okay, it's all right. We got a whole lot something's, going on there. I can't yeah. wait. I, I just can't wait. Something's coming. <laughs> yeah, I can't hey, wait. guess what? Uh oh, what? Guess who else can't wait? Who? the hell johnny taylor and sherm sherm okay. came out and said the eeoc recently published new resources for employers to help them identify and address systematic discrimination in the workplace the eeoc is strongly committed to making our process fully transparent and useful to the public said the eeoc chair janet Dillon. Systematic enforcement is an important mechanism the commission uses to remedy discrimination that has broad impacts on industries, professions, or geographic areas. It's vital to the public when they know how to use the tool. There will be a focus on transparency. Systematic discrimination cases involve a pattern or practice, policy, and or class cases where the discrimination has a broad impact on an industry, profession, company, or geographic location. Through its new webpage, the agency's goal is to provide transparency about how the commission approaches systematic discrimination enforcement efforts. There will be examples provided. They're focusing on consistency. Security service company settles bias case for $1.6 million as well through the process. There's, there's a whole lot going on. Through this EEOC webpage, Lisa Nagel Piazza put this together. Stop by Sherm.org. Google the term new EEOC webpage provides resources on curbing systematic bias. Back to you, Mr. Bias. (laughs) See what you did there. Um, You know, I don't. If an organization, I'm not done yet. If an organization has to come up with a plan like that, to stop systematic racism. Yes, I could see how that could be valuable, but you know what's even more valuable? Executive, senior leader, middle manager, HR leader, get out of your office and talk to your associates. Don't rely on an app. Don't be rely a on a program. Be talk, a leader. Be a, le- be a leader. <laughs> talk to your associates yeah. whether they are re- literally down the hall from you or a zoom call away give them a call check up on them see how they're doing build that culture of trust here we got bringing that again build that culture of trust where they feel compelled to let you know when shit's not going right if they're afraid to tell you what's really happening and you need this service, then you're already starting off on the wrong foot. So don't bother on the service. Bother getting rid of your deadweight leaders and start replacing them with really good leaders who really focus on the human aspect of HR. Thank you, people. Yeah, 
Florida. It's time for Florida Man Stories. <laughs> Your first Florida Man story relates to a Florida woman in Brevard County. She received oh, more than six figures in a lump sum payment after striking it big with the Florida Lottery. Maritza of Melbourne bought a $20 Monopoly jack- uh, uh, jackpot. <laughs> Monopoly jackpot scratch off. <laughs> oh, wow. That was close. Game see, from a, she, she bought it from a 7-Eleven in Melbourne. Uh, she won a $1 million prize, chose a one-time lump sum payment, netting her $715,000. She picked up her earnings, locked it in a secure drop box from the Orlando district office, and she has not been seen from again. But the <laughs> oh retailer God. who sold her the ticket will wind up getting $2,000. Florida Lottery considers scratch-off games a very important part of the lottery's portfolio of games as they're responsible for 75% of all ticket sales. They also generate more than $1 billion for the Education Enhancement Trust Fund in the fiscal year of 2019 and 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was it, really? That's it, really. That's all you get. That's all you I got. got on that one. Nothing? Um... Would you take the lump sum payment or would you take the the payments over time? Would you go for the $700,000 payout or would you say, nah, nah, let's go the other path and pay me a little bit every week? I would assume that if I go the with the uh, regular payments, like a weekly, monthly payment, yeah. that if I pass away, nobody can take that, right? So I'd rather take a 50% cut and take $700,000 that I didn't have to begin with right. and invest that in a way that my family can enjoy. So yeah, I would take the lump sum. I really would. Wouldn't you? I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. You'll take the monthly payments or the yearly payments. Maybe. But if I'm assuming if you pass away, you can't pass that on for your kids. I don't know those rules. I would have to look into it. I think I would consult a lawyer. I don't know which I would do yet. Now, that's so... Funny you bring that up because if I do hit the lotto, I'm not going to claim it. You know who's going to claim it? My organization. I ain't claiming it. <laughs> Your dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. My Biasco Learning yeah. parent company of HR Talk is going to claim it. And guess what? Next thing you know, you're going to have a weekly HR Talk show with a real A18 Beachfront <laughs> Studios, both in in uh, upstate New York, somewhere no, uh, I, by I would Lake move Erie. By then. I'd move by then. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. There you go. And then it'll be a studio up there, north, and then Beachfront Studio South. Boom. Done. And that'll be our job. Story. It's not. Florida Man stories continue. To your real Florida Man story of the week. This is from BroBible.com. Florida Man arrested for stealing a Tiki Hut bar boat and taking it for a joyride. A man in Key West, Florida, <laughs> is cut from a different cloth when it comes to <laughs> piracy. He showed signs of intoxication and was taken into custody by the no Florida shit. Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission after he I'm stole shocked. a tiki hut boat that doubles as a floating bar. He stole the gorgeous vessel near Hawks Channel in Key West, a highly trafficked area for boats. Yeah, The drunk man jumped aboard the tiki hut and just started commencing to joyride. According to the U.S. Coast Guard Southeast, 
the U.S. Coast Guard Station Key West Cruise did recover a a reported stolen Tiki Hut boat bar near Hawks Channel. And the person aboard was intoxicated, showing signs and taking into custody. Please don't drink and boat. Now, it's unclear Ah. if these past few weeks of sea shanties on TikTok went to his head or what drove him to steal the Tiki Hut bar. But he was taken into custody, according to NBC Miami, and the man now faces charges, including grand theft and resisting an officer without violence. There's a company out of New Hampshire named Tiki Hut Boats of NH, which will build you a custom Tiki Hut boat bar for $34,000. The Sunsetter is delivered with a 30-horsepower Suzuki motor, eight bar stools, a fuel tank. It, it meets the Coast Guard requirements, and it's ready to sail. It's a bar boat. You can buy a franchise and start running booze cruises yourself. Or you could just book a cruise if you're a customer. For anyone that's handy, a DIY inclined, the writer of the article, Cass Anderson here, claims it'll cost you about $16,500 to build a non-powered Tiki Hut boat bar or twenty one five to build one with a motor. So there's options out there if you're in the market for a Tiki Hut boat bar of your own and don't feel like stealing it. Look up Cass Anderson on the Twitter. Stop by BroBible.com for this and more information. Back to you. Did you say bro Bible? Yes. Bro Bible? Got it. Okay. So the, the Coast Guard got involved? Of course. It? It's a sailing vessel. I mean, wasn't it like a year and a half ago where the Coast Guard was involved in literally stopping a, a drug smuggling submarine? They jumped on top of it, banged on the door, and they stopped these dangerous drug criminals from importing the stuff into the United States. Could you imagine being in the mess hall? With the two different teams who served in those two different missions, right? What did you do, Jackson, last week? I stopped the submarine from bringing tons of cocaine into Miami. What would you do? I stopped a drunken guy from stealing a tiki, a tiki hut boat. Tiki hut boat bar, right. Tiki hut boat bar, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I bet I would love to go on board and just spend a week there and interview those guys to see what they do. What do they get involved with? What do they see in a day to day? Every time they get into contact with some kind of a of a vessel, that that would that would be a show. Don't you think? That'd be great. It would be great. And just hang out there and eat that crappy food. Oh, that reminds me of the crappy food that we had in the USS Nassau. Man, nothing says like you're in a naval ship. Nothing says that like eating a burnt burrito. If you can't tell, it's the sound of the boat horn. It's that time. The ships are coming aboard. This is over. The show's over, Rick. It's time for final what? thoughts. It's time I for was, final thoughts. It really is. I got excited because I'm like, we're cruising again? Shit. I got excited. I know. I know. Look, show's over. Fine. I, I had to do it to you. We're at 135 in the show. Freedom we got to cut this it. short. I see how it we is, do. Bro. Look, Thanks, man. Final yeah. thoughts. I'm going first Being this silenced. week because I've been pretty quiet the past few weeks. Um, for anyone that's new to the program, with some of the articles that we bring up in sight, it's for educational informational purposes only. Definitely stop by the websites, check out the writers of the articles. Uh, we do typically expound upon these. This week was a little bit more of a current events talking point type episode, where other weeks we do have a lot of good banter back and forth. This week, I didn't contribute too much in that regard. 
I was licking milk like a little kitten, and I apologize. However, we did have the opportunity to read a lot of great stories, and we look forward to uh, continuing this forward and uh, hope not to get deplatformed anytime soon. Stop by <laughs> hrtalkpodcast.com. Subscribe to our RSS feed. Find us in your favorite podcast players. We're available out there. Ricky will have more of that information coming up momentarily. Ricky, over to you. Um, thank you for my deplatforming. I really appreciate it there, JC. Uh, now, nah, but all, look, all jokes You got to love cancel culture, you know? You, you know, cancel culture or cancel. cancer culture? No, canceled. It's canceled already canceled. Culture. Yeah, yeah, it's not it. It's not the process of it's canceled. Like, it's already over. Before you even knew it started, you know? Look, they just shut we you don't down. make money, so you can't cancel something that doesn't make money. So, okay, fine. Cancel us. I don't care. <laughs> so we're good with this. Um, look, um, going into 2021 with everything happening, it, it, it's you being an empathetic leader. It's more crucial now than ever before. Seriously, it, it, it's empathetic leadership is really crucial these days where the people feel like they were canceled, cultured, quote unquote, or people feel like they've been shunned. This is not the time to continue on with division. This is the time to welcome people from different points of view, listen to what they have to say, and not focus too much on how to prove them wrong, but focus more on trying to understand their point of view. If you really have an open mind and truly understand your opposing views, point of view for the point of understanding and not shutting them down, you'd be surprised of what you learn. And you'd be surprised of how many people who don't agree with you will still respect you as a leader and follow you anywhere you go. And if you build a leadership culture, an employment culture like that, either from a business leadership or an HR leadership perspective, you'll be surprised of how many people would get offered ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 more a year to go somewhere else. And they say no to that because they decide to stick with you because they find your culture just that much more valuable. Empathetic leadership, folks. Think about it. That is how you should run 2021. It's been our pleasure to be here, ladies and gentlemen. Ricky Baez, what are some of the best ways people can find us, please? You know what, folks? We're all over social media except MySpace. Find us everywhere else. We have yet to be canceled, and I love that fact. Um, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform, wherever you decide to download your podcast. Just look up HR Talk. Look at the screaming face. Give us a like. Download us. We have a show every week. Thank you very much. Appreciate your support. And uh, give us that like. That would definitely help. Big thank you to all the new listeners and people out there from uh, over the past couple weeks. Great program last week, talking with our farmer friends in the Midwest. Uh, yes, we made some awesome. brand new friends along the way. Mm-hmm. Really look forward to uh, those discussions and delving a little bit more into agriculture in the future as well. We've got some private business owners that are already reaching out, looking to come on the program, as well as some politicians that we'll probably steer clear from, <laughs> be honest yeah. with you, you know? Um <laughs> But we appreciate your interest in the program. Feel free to uh, send information forward anytime to Ricky Baez. Leave me out of that. You know, on behalf of Ricky, on behalf of uh, myself, uh, we want to thank the former associate producer, Rob, for everything that he did for the program. We understand that uh, you resigned on your own accord, uh, but we do miss you and want to thank you. We do miss the face of the franchise as well. We miss... uh, Having you on the show. We look forward to uh, a program with you and Captain Dave in the near future. Mm-hmm. And on on behalf of everyone on the team, it's it's been a pleasure being here. 
Uh, hopefully we get the opportunity to continue being here. Um, with everything that's going on, I'm scared. I'm scared that we will be deplatformed sometime soon, but but it's okay. You now just own remember, the Tiki Hut bar. Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, do not go gentle into that good night. Oh my god, bro. Unless you've got some tacos in hand or something. It's good to go into JC, the night with tacos. Yeah, stop. talk to me. What? I'm still recording. The show's not You're over. freaking me out right now. Why? I Why? just saw that movie last night. Oh, I love that I movie. I kid you not. Love that I movie. I just saw Interstellar last night. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great piece, it really is. It's just weird that you did not know that, and you happened to bring that line from that movie. Well, up it's right one. Now. It's one of my favorite uh, quotes of all time. Here, let's do this wow. just because we can. Educational and informational purposes only. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end know dark is right, because their words had forked no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright, their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. It's so, it's so rage, rage against the dying of the light. It's so creepy. And you, my father. Oh my God! How there, long is this? on the sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears. I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against oh my God. the dying of the light. I feel like I need a shower now. Why? It was a recitation. Know. That was creepy. It sounded better when Professor Brand said it. Well, of course, but that that's a whole a different... You're killing me right now. I'm going to church.